The Live Radio Project was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long, located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members and developers. A shining beacon in space, all alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite. The year's space legs came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Ladian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Lave Radio. Commanders and welcome to episode 345 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantabulous community that surrounds it. I'm your host, sort of. I mean, I'm your emergency backup inflatable host, Ben Mosswood-Ward, otherwise known as Commander Adel of Ice. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder bar, we have Commander Shan. Hello. We have the always beautiful Commander Psychit. No, you... And we have a commander, uh, Phoenix of Fire, who will hopefully be showing up after he's dealt with a minor fire issue. We are also we've been we've had a, a, a sneaky imposter sneak in with us. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm assuming that's my cue for intro. Hello, it's Arthur uh, Captain Beard on Twitter. I am the uh, Frontier Community Manager for Elite Dangerous. We'll start out very quickly with what we've been up to, and I'm gonna. I'm actually. I'm gonna start this with you, off. You know, what have you been up to this week? Not, not much. Not a lot. Not much. Hardly, hardly done anything. No, no. It's been very quiet for for me. Um, I, I think we all know what I've been up to. Um, so obviously I did the the show today, which is catching up pretty much after uh, last week's sort of announcements, uh, and we're prepping for the next update, which is on Thursday this week, Thursday morning. So that's the overview of what I'm moving up to. Obviously, there's other bits and bobs in doing this. There's, some of it's quite boring, but it is work that must be done. But I'm sure you'll have questions for me, so I will allow one of, those screws one to be applied. Uh, so what about yourself, Shan? How have you been up to? Um, I have been in real life. I have not been doing very much at all, but um, the youngest mini Shan is off to help guard the G7 tomorrow. So... Okay. 
I've promised him extra pocket money if he shoots the world leader. <laughs> Joking, if anyone's listening. <laughs> and uh, so he's, he's been doing that. Uh, In-game, I've been actually playing No Man's Sky because there was this new update, this Prism update that looked very colourful and pretty. So I thought I'd check it out, actually. And I've uh, been quite impressed, really, because usually uh, one thing that put me off No Man's Sky was it wasn't real, it was all cartoony and stuff like that. But, yeah, I quite got into the multicolour triptastic that is uh, No Man's Sky. Um, how how's your week been, Psychot? I've been so ill. I've been I so ill. Not your COVID jab, is it? Yeah, I had the COVID jab, and then um, I had a really long sleep and no fluids, and then um, uh, reaped the benefits of suddenly having a lot of fluids and not being. I, I was an idiot, basically. I, I had a, all the symptoms of a hangover <laughs> without having the drink. Which was great, excellent. But um, which one did you have, Psychic? Uh, AstraZeneca. Yeah, it's a killer, right? It's, I don't mean yeah, that in a horrible way, but it's absolutely it's, not on your rear end. I mean, I mean, I'd much rather not have the alternative. But um, the um, the second one, everyone said, "Oh, you'll be fine with the second one." Like all of my family, oh, it'll be nothing. It'll be fine. And I was like dead for five days oh, no, I, I was kind of hoping the second one would be okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> apparently this apparently the secret um for reducing covid jab symptoms is to take vitamin d supplements a few days before because that boosts the immune system so it doesn't actually have the reaction but you still get the benefit of the jab um so i, I followed that advice and First one was a little bit sleepy. Second one, no problem at all. So, yeah, vitamin D apparently is the way to do it. it taking paracetamol is okay, but that does reduce the immune response, which makes the vaccine a little bit less effective. So only take paracetamol if you're really dead. Also, just well, like a really nice bit of advice, just make sure that you are well hydrated, especially when it's as hot as it is. Hydration is really, your friends. Yeah, that would have really helped. Yeah. Uh, while while we're talking about the AstraZeneca virus or AstraZeneca virus, <laughs> AstraZeneca injection vaccine. <laughs> uh, I also I had my AZ vaccine on Thursday, and I've heard slightly different things from Shan because I heard people like if it gets you the first time, you'll be okay the second time, but then if it, if you're fine the first time, expect a rough time the second time. So who who knows about that? Uh, there's so um, many old wives' tales with that. It's like we oh, really are, aren't there? It's like oh, if you have, if you had, uh, if you had COVID, the vaccine will get you worse than what if you haven't had vaccine, etc. So yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you had. Go on. Sorry, I was gonna, I've seen someone in chat that's got the right idea that said they had Sam Miguel to hydrate, and I'm like, that sounds like a very good idea. <laughs> I'll follow that advice next time. That's the opposite <laughs> of a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to get a hangover. I'm going to have the drink. All right. <laughs> I'm guessing you've had your first one, but not your second. I've had my first, yeah. And it, uh, it, I was fine for exactly nine hours. And as my head hit the pillow on the stroke of midnight, I had every symptom you could possibly ask for. So it was oh, fantastic. God. So, yeah, as well as having my my second uh, COVID jab, I've been... I've, I've, I've hopefully sold my house today, although I haven't received any confirmation that I've sold it yet. And it's getting a little bit late in the evening, so... You know, I, I've sent emails and I've sent phone calls saying, what's happened, guys? And I've heard nothing back. But I'm going to take it as no news is good news and try not to panic. Um, 
game stuff wise, I've been playing loads of Elite till about three in the morning with my brother-in-law, uh, where basically we were running, oh, doing some sneaky, sneaky um, stealing stuff down in the missions. And then we wound up just losing ourselves playing Frontline. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had we just had a blast literally doing that. Uh, I've also been playing some Star Citizen, some Clydepunk, some RimWorld, and not some No Man's Sky this week. Oh, and some Minecraft. So loads, playing loads of things. Anyway, Colin, I believe you've managed to deal with your minor fire escalations. Yeah, well, uh, it's one of those horrible moments. You're just about to go on the air, and then all of a sudden says, do you know your son's dinner's burning? And, uh, yeah, I do apologise for that. <laughs> Welcome back, Colin. It's lovely to have you here. How sure we've been, buddy? Um, well, let's see. Um, lots of elites, as usual. A uh, little bit of Final Fantasy fifteen, And, um, yeah, I went to meet some alpacas. It's a bizarre thing that you do. You go to Halifax and you meet alpacas. Were they like on an alpaca farm or were they like running wild um, over yeah, the hill? <laughs> yeah, uh, the deals around Halifax aren't renowned for their wild alpaca herds, but uh, yes, they were on a farm. So why did you go to... I'm, I'm curious now. So why did you go to an alpaca farm? Because Halifax, if I remember rightly, is a reasonable distance away from where you are. So what was so attractive about an alpaca farm? Did you go um, to shear them or milk them or what? No, no, it's just, just the, the family wanted to see some alpacas. It's just one of those things that happens in the Ford family. And they suddenly say, you know what, today I would like <laughs> I would like to go and see some alpacas, as you do. Well, I expect, I, hopefully, if the 21st goes ahead, alpacas will be more publicly available so more people can go and see them. Yep, and uh, yes, that's pretty much it. And can, can you explain to me, actually, how are, how are alpacas different from llamas? Um, good grief. They've got a different it's name. Funny, it's funny <laughs> that you should mention that. I have their, their, their sheet right here. A sheet provided by the West Yorkshire Alpacas Experience. Um, and they're basically different from llamas because they've got this massive, what looks like Donald Trump wig on the top of their head um oh. and they're, they're slightly actually bigger and furrier they um, look very fluffy they are very fluffy and they are very soft furs as well and uh yes they're very nice to humans but not nice to each other so uh, what do they share them like alpaca wool do they eat alpaca- them or what they no, alpaca wool, believe this or not, I've suddenly become an expert in alpacas, but um, <laughs> alpaca wool is sought after uh, for um, both clothing and for stuffing in your tea because it is both waterproof and flameproof. Wow. Yes. How do you test it? Okay, hang on. They kind of set up <laughs> one and see what happens. You were saying off. No, I, I was just, I was just curious. I'm just amazed that alpacas are fire retardant, which is, I think is an incredible defence mechanism. Yeah. Oh. I'm not sure what they'd need it in nature, um, but it's a fantastic it's thing to dragons. have. Yeah, but, yeah, but, fire retardant alpacas. I mean, I'll never, I'll never say a bad word about them again. Well, all I can think of is there must be a lot of thunderstorms and lightning strikes up in the Andes. <laughs> apparently, Mrs. Mrs. Jonathan Tea Time also spins alpaca wool. There you go. Oh, the more you, the more you know, eh? <laughs> yes. 
Uh, yeah, and apparently the wool is ve- is is very profitable. It goes for an absolute fortune. <laughs> I suppose if it's fire retardant and water retardant, then yeah. Oh yeah, <sighs> is there nothing it can't do? Well, yeah, Shan, go on. Then. Well, I was about to say that little story reminds me of um, oh. some some friends of ours um, of Mr. Shan in particular. They own a uh, pig rescue in. Um, just past the, the, the north of the border. So apparently if pigs need rescuing, they're abandoned pigs, and they kind of like take them to the pig rescue and make them unabandoned bacon? pigs. So not, they don't turn them into bacon? No, 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 no. They, they, they're very passionate about not not having abandoned pigs killed for bacon, but they rescue them and they breed them and they give them happy fields to trot around in and stuff like that. And welcome to Leave Radio Farming Weekly. Um <laughs> You are. <laughs> Psyche, have you managed to collect yourself? I'm all right. I'm all right. I just want to say like a big heartfelt thank you to Arf for like taking his time out of his evening to come and listen to us talk about um alpacas. So thanks, mate. <laughs> oh, no, you're welcome. I mean this is this is more than enlightening. I've I've learned more in the last ten minutes than I have. I should school's overrated. Just come and listen to the show for a little while. You'll learn all the relevant information you'll need for life. <laughs> Yeah, I know well, Lee's yeah. an agricultural station, but I didn't really believe it in this. Um, Psychit, um, what have you been up to this week? And please don't mention any any llamas or alpacas and things. We already covered that while you were getting um was I the last one? You were the you last were one. The last oh, I was the last one. Well, I do apologize yet again. So yeah. If only my son's meal had been made out of fire retardant. <laughs> you got it before me. <laughs> yeah, it should have been alpaca. Yeah. Well, well. Uh, yes, very edible. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and yes, again, the Leave Radio train town to tangent off goes. Right. Um, uh, so uh, we've got to say hello to Arf uh, for his... Um, uh, taking the extra time out, especially after the stream today. Uh, so, Arf, since we've got hold of you for a little while, mm-hmm. um, we have a list of of, of queries um, following the uh, um, the difficult times that you've had with Odyssey in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, well, challenging times. How's that? I think difficult is fair to say. I think in the spirit of being honest, I think I'm not going to sit here and say it's been... Uh, a sunny day at the beach for us it's uh it's quite the opposite but yes it's uh, been a difficult and challenging few weeks i mean on that subject i mean we really feel for the mountain of work that developers and and the cms and everybody else is is going through at the moment um i mean can you share with us the general mood that everybody's in yeah um i don't know how to how to i I thought the best way to explain it is determined i think um is probably the, the best word to, to describe certainly my team and certainly the development team um you know it's it's not how we wanted it to go by a you know by a country mile to keep with the the thing um so we're determined to make it right and we're determined to to win back you know the community's trust uh in us so it's a long road and it's one of those things i think i said on the stream today we can talk a lot about it and i can i can say what i intend to do and i think people that have dealt with me will know that i'm pretty much a man of my word if i say something i'll do it um but I'm also conscious of the fact that people haven't had that experience in the past, so it's a case of 
I'm fully prepared to take it on the chin until they see the changes. So I think defiant is the right word and eager to, to get it right. Well, there we go. <laughs> That's that one off the list. Um, yeah. I've, one thing that um, I think everybody is, is curious about is, um, you know, the process of taking feedback from the forums and the alpha. Um, mm-hmm. How is how is it uh, decided on what's acted on and what ends up in the game? Is it is it a Kanban process or no? So it's it's a bit it's a difficult question to answer this one because it's it's very multifaceted. And I'll take the alpha for an example. So with the alpha, uh, believe it or not, we actually did a daily report, which was an awful lot of work from the team, and supplied that through to to Dev to say like this is what they like, this is what they don't like, this are things that are causing us an issue, these are the burning fires. Um, uh, as an example, uh, the um, the Jetic sampling tool when that went out, I you know it was it, it was it was not a favorite, um, um, and so so that's one way of, t- of taking feedback around the alpha. In terms of other things, we the dev team will be like, look, we know this isn't working as intended, or we'll pass on the feedback and say, look, players aren't happy with UI, they're not happy to changes with Galaxy Map, they don't like the balance of X, Y, or Z, and they'll be like, okay, can you give us some. Um, more specific information. So what we try and do then is we'll, you'll see us put out like a focus post and be like, we've done it a few times actually pre-Odyssey as well. It's one of the things I was keen on. And we'll be like, look, we're going to be looking at this thing specifically. Um, can you just give us some um, sort of useful feedback? And when I say that, I don't mean like, I, and I'm not criticizing people that, that that give feedback. What I'm saying is sometimes feedback can be very emotional and they kind of miss the point and they'll just say, look, this is rubbish. It doesn't work. And I was like, cool, I get this is frustrating for you, but I need to understand why it's not working for you. What is the, the thing that's that's causing us causing a sticking point is it an extra button's been added in does it not do you not like the the, the click and hold whatever it's going to be so we just asked uh, to sort of have that secondary moment of like a, a, a forum post i guess and just say can you be really specific about what you're doing and some players and i appreciate some players find that frustrating because it's not always a thing they want to be giving feedback on at that moment in time so we'll, we'll put a forum post out and then they'll say but what about this what about that and i'm like we have to work through this methodically and, and we have to go through this um, in a certain aspect, nothing's being ignored. I am, we are actually sort of taking anything on board and stuff like that. But it's, it's sometimes things we fix in a certain order. Because, as an example, UI I know is a, is a huge thing for the moment of Odyssey, and I know outfitting is probably the biggest one of all of it. Um, but it's a bigger change, and lots more changes going in. So that feedback is constantly coming in, and they're working out at the moment. Other stuff that they know is going to create just a little bit of extra. Um, I was going to say nuance. Nuance is the wrong word. Um, make life a little bit easier on that road up to update five, then they're like, we'll change that now because we can change that now because we know this is a, is a pain in the ass thing or it isn't working uh, as we want it to work. Um, and it is quite frustrating um, because at the moment, there was a lot of stuff that just went wrong when we merged two products together. Um, and it was things that just, and I said it on the today, we're generally blindsided by that things just went literally could put in the biggest way in many different ways all at once, like a firework going off and everyone's just like, well, that definitely is not what was supposed to happen when we press that button. Um, and now it's just a case of we have and we have genuine issues, which players are like, this is rubbish. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for us. It's frustrating. And we listen. And then on the flip side, that we're like, this isn't working because there's generally a bug in here that is making it not work. So we need to fix that first and then see if it's still causing players an issue. Um, so that's kind of like how feedback works. It is, it's a very difficult one to answer in terms of like, is there one easy way to do it? Obviously, we look at the issue tracker particularly at the moment because people are using it to, to log issues with uh, various things they don't like. Um, so we, we do keep a, that as a sort of litmus test. Uh, and obviously, if there's, there's game-breaking stuff, we, we we look at that as well. So I kind of think that answers the question as best I can. Okay. Um, Shan, 
Yeah, I just want to ask a, a couple of questions on on that for, uh, to ask, just to kind of get it clear in, in my head. Um, mm -hmm. So you said about a lot of the feedback you get is quite emotional and structured, and I, I guess part of the part of the art of the job is to is to decode the the emotion from the fact. Um, mm -hmm. I must admit, I haven't read every single forum post because I think I'd be here all year. But is there a way you could like? provide a, a template or an exemplar you could say this is an example of the exact sort of feedback we like so that maybe people can read it and structure it a bit easier yeah i mean in fairness that's good feedback when we, i think we do try and do it like we say like keep it short and concise provide examples if possible and stuff particularly like with the uh, the performance stuff which i know you're going to ask me about later on um you know we did lay out uh, a template for people and say look these are the files we need specifically so we can look at this sort of stuff um because it's just a that when we have that sort of if if we know how we want it then then we'll we'll definitely say because obviously it makes most sense but it's good thing if we're not doing that well enough then that's something we can go back and and I'm not yeah. saying that you're saying we are I'm just it's one of the things like it's never I'm never going to say we've got it right first time yeah I mean my other question I think it's in the show notes and there's there's a link in there but uh, I saw a screenshot of the issue tracker for Flight Sim 2020. And mm -hmm. um, as regularly updated, and it seemed to be a lot more structured and easy to follow. And the updates were just easy to follow the track through. When I've seen the current issue track as it is, it just seems to be a bit confusing to say, well, this is our number one issue, this is our number two, this is number three. Yeah. And, and, and so something like that, I think, would be really useful for the community to save you guys keep feeding questions all the time. But 100%. Look, when I first joined, um, you know, I, I was sort of getting to grips with behind the scenes and all that sort of uh, good stuff, bad stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And um, one of the things that kept coming up is the issue tracker. And um, it's fantastic having a forward facing, um, uh, I call it device because it makes it easier. Um, so people can see what's what's being raised. However, it's not working properly. I think we all know that. I think we've had enough issues with the issue tracker as it is, excuse the pun. Um, so we are actually working very hard with the QA team at the moment to revise some of the stuff, that how it's used, how it's displayed. And we're hopefully going to have something to share on that sort of towards the end of end of June. I don't want to make too many problems on it because it's, it's, a, it's a fair old bit of spaghetti to un, unravel. But you're absolutely right. Um, it needs to be clearer. And we also need to make sure that it's working as intended because there's a lot of stuff that the issue tracker currently doesn't do. Um, which is a pain for all of us because you know it, it may not it doesn't recognize duplicates it doesn't put them together so it, it makes it seem like there's a huge morass of stuff that's just there and it isn't very clear and you're absolutely right so it is on my agenda to get fixed okay um psychic um, you've got a question that you're bursting to to ask look i really like law you know i like law <laughs> me and Arthur have spoken about law lots of times <laughs> i get i get stupidly excited um you have mentioned that this uh, this six part six arc um, Athamas story mm -hmm. um, goes into twenty twenty two. How far into twenty twenty two does it go? Oh, so what I actually said was about a month, right. a month and a half, or a month, <laughs> a month, two months per act. That's the plan. That's the okay. plan. Um, so it, it, hopefully, it might end. It might end around christmas it might end just after christmas so january feb time just a, it just depends on what certain things happen i okay. can't say too much no no no, no, no that's, look, fair. that's absolutely actually, fair I give you a, no i don't want to give anyone a scoop because it'll ruin the whole thing like i'm not gonna say anything now uh, just to follow up from that very quickly how um much of that is solely based on player agency or do you do you have like a <clears throat> 
do you find that you are railroad you you railroad a little bit to what's the what's the balance no, no, between actually, railroading and player agency is what I'm looking for? No, it's, in fairness, one of the things it's a good question and it's it's a very hard question to deal with. And I'll just be totally honest, like when you're doing narrative and again like elite, it's very very hard to to not some sometimes have to sort of railroad things and yeah. But with this particular storyline, um, it's built in a certain way, and I don't want to give too much away, but it is about player choice. Okay. The whole thing about this is about player choice. Um, and what the players do and will affect certain things. What they don't do will affect th- certain things, and it will affect what happens at the end. So I'm, I, that's about as far as I can be in answering that without giving too much away. And I'm not saying oh, which choice right. is the correct choice, or, if, or even if there's a wrong choice. There's just a choice. It's the player's choice, and that's what I wanted players to understand: is to be like, um, you have the 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 universe presented to you. You can see it. You make a decision based on how you would make that decision as your commander. And you will accept the consequences there and after. And I'm not going to say those consequences will be good or bad. They will be the consequences. And at the end of it all, I will, my stock answer will be, you had the choice, you made the choice. That's it. <laughs> so, that's about as good as I can give it for this one. That, that, that's fine. I think uh, people, um, because it's, it was such a welcome relief that uh, the CGs and Galnet came back, that... Um, I think everybody is just desperate to know: Is this going to continue? If we, we want it to continue, I think that's the the main. Yeah, I mean, it, it was no joke. Literally, this morning, I had I was having a chat with um, Lawrence, who does all of our sort of specific story stuff, and I was like, "Look, you know, we are only Act Two, just about to go into it, but I know how fast time flies, and the stuff we want to get involved." For the next stuff, I mean, this is just literally. I mean, this is. A, I, 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 I'm really excited for this story. I take none of that away. But this is really our first, first one. And I'm like, all I want to do is building it and building it and building it. And we had our first sort of tentative question meetings this morning about like, this is what I because I, I know what happens at the end, obviously. So I'm like, I want to have this option. I think this would be a really cool thing. And the the answer we got was yeah that's actually a, a really cool idea let's, let's start getting some structure in for where we want to go next so it isn't just going to so this storyline as in the asm saga might end but that but the stories will not bentley do you get yourself into a bit of a power trip because you're basically <laughs> a god in charge of the galaxy here i think my gifts gives you all the answers you need to know about that uh, uh, arthur is <laughs> not the god of the galaxy we all know that is k she in fairness, I can't press a button and change everything. Um, but um, I do enjoy, I've said it before, it's like being a DM with, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I think last time I checked, there's like 70,000 players sort of passing through um, each day. So having that as your, and, the, and, a, and a one-to-one scale galaxy is, is a fantastic play mat. Um, obviously, there's things you're kind of limited to do, and, and it, I can't just go free, 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 free range and just decide I'm going to introduce this loads of stuff. It does have, the big stuff has to go up to the very, the very top um but you know i i do have a i would be lying if i said i wasn't i didn't get a perverse thrill out of it <laughs> real perverse power trip right john <laughs> um yeah i was like uh, the question I, I got to ask one of them was um there was a phrase in the roadmap that got memed quite a lot uh, so what specifically does many fixes mean <laughs> Does a it word include, that will me to the end of my days. Yeah, I mean, does it include, you know, obviously, obviously, performance fixes, etc., or does it include things like balance passes, uh, engineering changes, handheld weapon balance, all basically? Is it 
just fixing stuff that's broken or does no it, it is it is everything it is everything i mean i said it on stream the reason why we wrote it that way and it, this is a genuine as i said before like I'm, I'm i'm very keen to pull back the veil and you have to you have to understand that it's not and it isn't a frontier thing i know people because they they see other other companies but there are there is a general fear in the entire industry of like you know you show too much and people just will, will pity you for it regardless um, so I'm trying, like, and we are trying to, to pull back the curtain a bit more. But the honest answer is, the reason it's written many fixes and improvements, and there was a long argument about even putting that line in there, um, just because it was like, we will get one or two responses here. It looks, if we just leave the two headings, people are going to think we're just fixing two things. And it was generally a case of like, well, we'll put it in because each update will have like a 180 plus, I would imagine on average, um, changes. And it is, does include balance passes and stuff like that. They make much slight adjustments. Um, it's it's a bit of everything that goes into it. And the reason we don't publish exactly what's going in is, as I said on stream, they don't know until literally the day before, like, right, this is ready to go. It's been tested fully and it's going to be in. And for us to put out a, a roadmap that says, here's the 100, or whatever it be, I don't know, what's that, three times 180, uh, it's just to 600, say, there's 600 changes. Um, because some of it may not make it, some of it might not work, and some of it might work until it goes in and then just for whatever reason doesn't work, um, which we had before. Uh, I think it was update two or one with there was an exploit with fleet carrier infantry which I'm, I'm, i know people are well aware of um and we thought we'd fix that three times and it just didn't it didn't take for whatever reason and you know it's just one of the things that's why we, we put out the patch notes when we do but we put in the line lovers or haters for it and i guess in the feeling is hate <laughs> but, but we put it in there because it's just a lot of stuff that goes in it's more to give an example of like these updates are not just going to be the two sort of headline things we've, we've put in that week there will be a lot of other things that goes in each week including performance as, as and other bits and bobs. Yeah, there's a bit of feedback to that from an outsider looking in. I would suggest that that statement was counterproductive for you guys um, and that if, as and when you do more roadmaps, which we hope you will, if there's stuff you can say, just give examples, just let us know the scope of it, even if you can't you know, say anything, because it comes across as, oh, crumbs, they said they'd be out on the 4th, we'll quickly better write this back on the back of a pack packet and put it out. I'm sure that's not what happened, but that's just how it came across with the vague sort of statement. Yeah, look, look, I'll be totally honest. Um, we wanted to get the, out on the 4th because we said we'd get out on the 4th. We were like, look, if we're going to change the way we communicate, we have to stick to what we've just said. So it was a case of, right, well, then let's, let's get it out. And there was a genuine fear, and this is me being 100% honest, of like, well, we just put out the headlines, people are going to think we're doing nothing, when in reality the scope of work is so vastly different to that, that we didn't want that to come across. And yeah, it's a poor choice of wording, and it hasn't worked out well for us, but I'm one of these people, like, I, I'm not going to sit here and argue that and say, like, it's a, it, you're wrong or, or the community's wrong. You're absolutely right to, to call us out on it. Um, it's something we'll, we'll get better at, um, but I'm very much like, right, cool, I'll bank that feedback, and I'm going to move forward and be like, right, next time we'll, we'll get it better. Probably won't even get it right next time, <laughs> to be honest, but we'll try. Okay, Ben? Just thinking, I mean, most of us are developers here, and the elite community is all very techy in nature. You're saying that, obviously, everything's... There's 101, well, 180-odd things in there, and it was a very in-depth process of getting those patch... Well, not patch notes, that roadmap ready. Can you... Maybe go into a little bit more detail as to why what what was in there that then had to get condensed down without going into you know not, all I'm, the mini trials. I don't really like, understand the I'm question. Saying, if I'm being totally honest, uh, in um, terms of what did we okay, take so, out of the roadmap, or 
But I guess what I'm meaning is, you know, I've got this idea in mind that you know, you've got Gyro for all your tasks that you're managing, and you've got 180 things in there, and then you go off and you assign, right, this is going to take five days, this will take three days, this will take a week, and all that agile software development stuff that is done. Then it all gets estimated, then it all gets assigned, and there's a shitload of work going into basically determining what's going to be done in the next sprint. And then I know from my own experience that then we say, okay, what can we have released by Thursday? What can we have released next Thursday? Next Thursday. This is what I'm kind of picturing went on in Frontier Towers. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, in fairness, that that's pretty much how the dev would. I, I mean, I'm not going to speak for dev. Obviously, my job is to communicate out what what comes to us. So to, just to be full cards on the table. But um, so 100, I, I guess. What how I had the roadmap written out originally would have just had the headings. It was just a heading. I didn't have many uh, many fixes and whatever's put in because a lot of the stuff will will come under those two headings. But it was there was so much stuff that they were just like it just feels like it's it's light. What I can certainly do is go back and be like, cool. Let me speak to um. We, and we're already having this conversation, by the way. Let me speak to um Dev and be like, how early can we release what you guys are looking to put into update? What are we on? Three is Thursday. Four. Yeah, three. Um, yeah. So, what else can we put in? When can we update? What's in four? And it's and it's and this is fair feedback for us. So I'm like, cool. Let's go do that. Um, but there is that fear of, and they are generally terrified. And you have to understand this. And this is me being, and I'm also in. I, I can empathise with them. They don't want to say, hey, look, we're going to fix this thing or going to add this thing in four, and it doesn't make it because we are so keenly and acutely aware that when thing goes wrong at the moment there's a huge amount of negativity that gets, gets washed towards us, which is fair, and I understand that, but that's, I guess, which is adds a little bit of caution to be like, look, we only really release it when we know it's definitely, this stuff is definitely, definitely in and definitely, definitely working. And even then, as I said, some things still slip through the net. But it's fair feedback and stuff. I'll go back and say, look, let's try it. You know, if, if we get burnt, we've learned. If you get burnt, call like it. Like the dinner. Just don't. I've just been glared at for someone eating almost burnt chicken. I know it's cooked. Come on. Oh, don't talk to me about burnt chicken. I managed to get some lovely butcher's chicken and then forget about it for about four hours. Um, I just want to not happy. Yeah, quickly, Shan. Before before we start discussing chicken cooking, yeah, too. not not roast alpaca. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. A quick follow up question on the on the roadmap. So you've given a roadmap for basically the next till the end of June. Mm-hmm. Is there an intention to deliver a longer roadmap, maybe like uh, was produced for Beyond or Horizons? Because I think what, one of the things I'm picking up when people talk to me is they understand there's issues now. But they almost want to know this jam tomorrow with some of the features and some of the things. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, want. I think yes. No, look. So I think I, again, it, it is written in there in terms of like in that roadmap afterwards. In terms of like we will discuss new features that will be added to Odyssey because there, there are new features that will be added to Odyssey uh, in between. Uh, at, so, so like towards the next big. So I guess when it's console, it comes out. So with console and then beyond, there are more stuff to come in. That's been worked on right now in terms of what we're going to, how we're going to deliver that and how we're going to display that to you, to everyone, which is why I've said to, and the one thing I'm very keen on, and I'll be very honest about this, is I don't want to knee-jerk to everything. So when someone says, you need to do this, and then we come out tomorrow and we say something, I'm like, it's cool, I get people are pissed, but I'd rather wait until the end of June, get the information so we're very clear, and, and 
internally are very clear on what we're delivering and when, and then I can speak with confidence and allow my team to speak with confidence about what's coming. Um, so that's why I've said, look, give us the end of June. Let's assess everything, like the the, the issues with, which I know have come up a lot, uh, performance, uh, pantry tech, et cetera. We need that time to go through all those files, look at what's been fixed, look at how things are running um, to assess like when and where that can be addressed. And then also, that's why I've said every single month there'll be a developer, and I haven't got a name for it, but a developer show where they'll come on. We discuss um, uh, what's going on and we discuss um, potential uh, sort of uh, roadmap milestones, as it were, um, which is in terms of like how we get on with development, how's console coming along, uh, what features we can we expect, um, how many features are we going to be adding, all that sort of stuff. I would like to give these answers out. Um, and even if we say it'll be four features, show one of them and keep three back as a surprise, then I'd rather do that. I'd rather, as I said before, I'd rather be confirmed and tell people the, the, the answer than just say nothing. Yeah. So um, to answer your question, end of June, there will be <laughs> like, this is this is what's coming at the end of June. We'll have an update for you on everything. But please allow us this time to get to the end of June so we can at least get all this in order and be like, right, we, we know when we can say what, how, when, and where we are development-wise with what we've got to address. Yeah. I'll be kind and won't pin you down for dates and like at work, which of course I'll be on your case. Well, it's end of June. We've said, we've said end of June, so I like. No, it, I was thinking for, for the longer roadmap because I, I think as long as we know there's something coming that gives us something to look forward to, I, I think that will I, I can I can hand on my heart tell you there is there is stuff coming. And I don't mean like um, fixes and stuff. I can tell you there are features coming. Um, but I need to, this, in the spirit of being honest, which I said that we would be, our priority right at this moment is making sure that Elite Dangerous Odyssey works as intended, and then we get the console version out for our console players. That is the focus to make sure that our players, our community, have the game. Um, so that's the honest answer, right? But there are features that will come. Yeah, I, th- I think, um, speaking for some members of the community, there was concern that um, that, you know, that was going to be it. Um, I think the, the, the fact that you've reassured uh, a few people that there, there is more in the pipeline is 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 helpful. yeah, hundred percent. I'm a gamer as well, right? And it, take elite out of the equation. The first thing I do when I get a game is like, oh, this is fantastic. You get ten minutes of like, right, cool, fantastic. And the very next question is, what's next? And that's <laughs> that's absolutely fair, right? Um, but at the moment, we're like, let's make sure our first step is stable. And ready to go on, and then we'll start adding in the stuff that we have planned, and we, there is stuff planned. Mm. It, it's always one of these uh, things within uh, with an online game that uh, people get concerned uh, if if all of a sudden the content seems to go quiet in the future. But uh, it's 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 something that uh, I guess all MMOs have to deal with. Um, incidentally. Um, because Elite is iconic and has inspired so many people to become developers themselves, do you find it, as a CM team, do you find it more of a challenge to deal with, um, how shall I put it, more developer-minded people instead of, say, people on Fortnite? Um, that's a very diplomatic question. <laughs> Not necessarily to me, but to the Fortnite community. Um, I will... Say yes and no. So I'd say to a degree, yes, it's easier because there's a degree of understanding and it comes with having developers. But I'd also say sometimes it's a lot harder because Elite is such an animal behind the scenes that it's very easy. And I don't mean this in any way it's derogatory to anybody that is developing even tools for Elite. And I don't, I don't want to come across this way, but it's very easy to say this is how it should work when behind the scenes it's an entirely different animal 
trying to trying to merge what they're trying to do and what they have done. Um, so some ways it's very hard, and I'm not a dev, right? So me trying to have that. You've seen me on on streams, right? I, I struggle with the real ticky stuff. So I'm just like, look, I can tell you how I see it in layman's terms, but I can't tell you in a, in, a, in a dev term. So sometimes it's easier, and sometimes sometimes it's harder because dev stuff will ask me dev questions, and I I know we've exchanged stuff on Discord when you're asking me for files and stuff. And I'm like, just imagine I have no idea what you're talking about, and let me go and ask someone else the other end who does. So it's it, in that respect, it can be quite challenging for for me. Um, but in other respects, we do get the the good grace for you guys to not only have understanding, but also offer very useful and sage advice. Excellent. Um, now, you did cover this in the stream earlier today, uh, but um, there was uh, mention about some of the discrepancies about the planetary, planetary geometry and lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, the main question was that a lot of people seem to be upset that they can't find planets with the huge canyons like Pamesh 2C. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did mention uh, that they are in the game. We just haven't found them yet. Well, I've, I've, I've seen members of the community share canyons and stuff with me and, and all this sort of good stuff that people are asking to, to see. So I'm only going on what I'm seeing myself. I haven't specifically hunted them out, and this is me being entirely honest, but I can't deny the pictures I'm being shown. So I'm I'm acutely aware that the first thing everyone's done with Odyssey is go to their favorite planet and they've gone, okay, I'm going to go here, check this out, see what it looks like now. And it's changed because every planet has changed with, with Odyssey. And so I, I do believe they exist. I've, you know, Katie came on stream and was like, look, the Stellar Forge is working sort of over time and these planets are more based around their, their mass and their gravity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm not a dev, so I can't tell you like that is exactly as it's intended. I do know, know there are a list of things that are compounding it, as in there are bugs and errors that are making these planets look far worse than what they should look like. And hopefully uh, we'll get those um, fully ironed out before update five uh, comes in later on in June. But again, it's one of those things where if at the end of it all, um, we sit down and we go like, right, we've done all we can do. We've got it in. It is working as it is. But and, and again, forgive me, I'm talking layman's terms when I, when I do this, but if we look at the end of this and we say, right, we've got it all in, this is how we think it's working, we'll, we will look and we will see how the community react to um, all the planets that, are, that people find in Odyssey. Now, I want to just stress here, I'm not ignoring people saying they can't find these planets or I'm not saying like, they're wrong. What I'm saying is it's been two, two weeks and two days since we've, Odyssey's come out, so give it some time. And if at the end of that we think, no, this just isn't good enough, we need to get this better – then potentially we could look at re- redoing all the geometry stuff, potentially. But that is no way um, an easy thing. And this is what I want to go back to my previous question. When players say, oh, just push the button, it doesn't work that way. You can't just, just go in there and, and redo the galaxy. I know I joke about it on stream about with K press this big red button, but it really isn't as easy as that. I would just say we're looking at it, we're investigating how players what players are finding, and if it turns out to be this, this huge issue, then of course we'll address it. Um... Yeah, Ben. So I've actually just been given some breaking news by a certain black ant who is sharing with me a lovely image of Snoofy, maybe, L0-KC24-1, which is a beautiful-looking Odyssey planet with loads of canyons and things like that. Uh, which was sent to that was sent to Obsidian Ant by Commander Eor Torur, I think it is. Um, and I've also gotten some other images which we're going to be bringing up in 
probably the community corner or something, of another whole load of absolutely gorgeous images, which you can obviously see in the chatty room off, and Chris can maybe share on stream. Sorry for asking this of you live, Chris. Um, but swinging towards the the idea of there is beauty out there to be found. Yeah, I, I think that's a, it's a fair comment. And I, I do think it's one of the things we didn't stress enough, which comes down to poor communication on our part. It's just explaining that when that button was pressed, just the impact that would have. And I don't think we stressed that. Now, I know we said it, but they're saying it and saying it, right? And I don't think we said it enough when we were like, look, this is, ha- this is what happened when the planets will change. Um, it was more like it was a response to a question. And that's poor form, and I'll take it on the chin. And um, I'm not going to make excuses because people aren't here for excuses. It's just accepting and, and moving on. But I would argue that there are some incredible vistas out there, some amazing and, in- and exciting sort of landscapes, um, some of which are fantastic and some of which you know, are blighted by some, some horrible issues that we're, we're working our way through and fixing, like sort of, excuse me, loading of textures, um, which we need to get fixed. Take a drink. Say again, sorry, mate. Take a drink off. No, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm drinking too right? much. Not alcohol. It's just I'm, I'm right. sometimes to hydrate, and I keep drinking, and now I've got the burps, which is awful. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. <laughs> hydrate. Stream, you have I to hydrate. I must keep drinking, and I just start burping. Um, yeah. Sorry, Ben. I was going to ask, the system you read out, how far yes. How far away is that from the bubble? I have absolutely no idea. I, let me find out. Hang on. I'll have yeah, to... Exactly uh, seven. Well, the, the, the question that brings you is, you know, we don't deny there are amazing planets out there, but if they're all 25,000 light years away, they're not going to be a good community place for... Um, no, I mean, I know the... So I it's know the stuff that I was talking... Years from Seoul. Oh, th- thanks, Psychic. Um, I know the stuff that um, Commander... I've lost his name now. Uh, Commander... T- uh, Gosh, Temelane, maybe, uh, sent me. He found a whole load of stuff in the bubble, out the bubble, you know, around the ladies' chambers. He's found loads of loads of things. Just we just need to go and find them again. And again, I'd take I'd take the point. Like if it's if it, all of it's miles and miles away, but I will I will take an educated guess and say it won't be. It's the, it's a yeah. it's a simulation, so there will be stuff within the bubble. We just haven't found it. But again, I'll, I'll also go back and say like I kind of expected this because. I did it. I went to Planets and was like, I actually I went to Planets. We looked at, we were using for um, the oh, the Mission Playthrough trailer because I watched that planet change like three, four times. Um, so I went back to that and it was like, oh, it's, it's even different. And the, and the you know, the, the installations moved to, to, a, to, a, to, a, to a better location, et cetera. So I knew, I knew that players would go out and go to their favorite planets. Um, but it's, it's just one of the things. I'm hoping that as time goes on in the next few weeks, we'll find more and more of these. And I think it'll be important for us to, Maybe from a community standpoint, showcase if we people have them, showcase them to us and and put them out there. Yeah, I, mean, I know this planet that I'm just on just now, which is just where I was playing with my brother-in-law the other day, and you know, there's some nice-looking mountain ranges and things like that, and you know, I've got some mountains and craters and stuff like that. I mean, it's not the flat as a pancake as some people would have you believe. No, like, like I say, oh, that I, was I, weird. Sorry, I'm just. <laughs> um, when the stream eventually catches up, I was like, "Beautiful sunlight over the top of the mountain," and then it suddenly just went pitch black. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Things I, I think you did mention lighting, lighting issues. Yeah, you can take your finger off the darkness button now, Al. Okay, all right. <laughs> I only say that for for Crispy when he's on. <laughs> okay, thank you.
Oh, just a break all of Crispy's internet button that you were using. <laughs> but then, <laughs> um, there was a lot of talk and a lot of um, excited noises made around the sphere of combat. Mm-hmm. Um, while, yes, there is merit to um, run, um, driving into a base with an SLV and mowing everybody down, um, you don't really see set... <sighs> set pieces where there is Omfa and SLV and ship combat all happening around the same time. Um, is that is that something that is 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 planned for the future or something that's going to be re-looked at, like fully implementing a sphere of combat into conflict zones, things along those lines? You know, yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's that's that's good feedback. I mean, I think we were expecting players to sort of do it naturally. What I will say right. is, we're surprised by how many people have just foregone taking ships to conflict zones and have just um, taken the dropship, um, okay. which seems to be like the preferred choice. But that said, you know, we are looking at it, and one of the things we do want players to explore is this sort of menagerie of on foot SRV and ship yeah. combat and how that how all pans out together. So yeah, it's it's fair. It's it's, it's stuff maybe we can look at with um, missions going forward that are a bit yeah. more specific. I think also um, you said you said it yourself. The predominant amount of elite dangerous players playing solo, which is evidently um, why teams is being left right towards right towards the end, making sure that those team missions are implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, all of like in conflict zone specifically, for example, all of the NPCs are on foot. If we had a couple of NPCs in an SRV um, ready to try and mow you down, then it might be impetus for other, for even the solo players to get into the SRV, to get in, into their ships, to do a bit of conflict around it. I don't know, that's a little, really little bit more dy- no, no, dynamic um, NPC yeah. work. Yeah, no, that's 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 great feedback. It's something I, I will speak to. Um, gareth about in particular um i think at the moment we that it was just a case of seeing how they how they pan out in the in the interest of transparency there was an issue with conflict zones uh until last week where they weren't working as intended uh in terms of just like they weren't turning over to the right faction when they should have been etc etc um but i fully take that on board and i I agree i think it would be a great idea to see some npcs running around or running around driving around uh in srvs or in with fighters in the air yeah um, okay, Shan, you've got a quick question about <laughs> foot weapons versus ships. Uh, yes, I was going to ask, when we talk about balance, is that on the list, balance passing? Because yep. my, my kind of head goes tilt when I see the figures of a, um, of a, of a on-foot weapon having the same penetrative ability as a Class 1 railgun in a ship. Yeah, you know, no, it's something in my mind that goes, hang on a minute, how could that? And it kind of breaks everything in my head. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where I'll, I'll be totally honest, um, because that's what I've agreed I'm going to be. And and fairness, I would have said this regardless, but in terms of balancing, that will that stuff we can easily tweak behind the scenes and doesn't require um sort of updates and such to do. So it will be constantly looked at. Um and to a point where you'll probably see us put out a, a forum post on it and just be like, what because what's working what isn't working as an example i I found a gun which i believe is game breaking so i'm just like i'm running around with it and abusing it but i don't think it should be in the game so um yeah it's it certainly needs to be looked at um yeah one of the, the things that um a lot of the explorers are um 
concerned about is that they've, they've found it a lot more difficult to find the old uh, geological features in Odyssey. Um, the, the heat map or the, the blue map does seem to have difficulty, well, helping pin it down. Um, I, I, I'm wondering, is, is that are those kind of mechanics on the list to be looked at? Yeah, I mean, we had we had issues with the the heat map and stuff um, in the alpha, as I'm sure you know, with the the giant green planets when they were scanned. Um, so if it's not working correctly, I'll be honest. When I, I saw this question earlier on, and I, I actually raised it with the uh, the team as a, as a whole, say, so are we seeing much of this? And it's something we need to be raising. Um, so they're going to do some digging for me. But if players are struggling to discover things that are, you know, the heat map is designed for, maybe it's some tweaks to the heat map to make to make it a bit more specific. Right, yeah. That, okay. Um, let's see. We've, we've actually gone through most of the, the questions that we've got. Um, there is a, a concern because I, I don't know whether or not you found found this, but there was a perception when the the Xbox version was released that the, uh, the PC uh, version was downgraded to match the Xbox. Now... Um, <laughs> I, I'm hesitant to even ask this, but uh... ask the question. It's fine. You're going to ask me. Will we see the same thing before? <laughs> so yeah. my honest answer is, I don't know. Um, if I, I don't have the answer to it. So I don't know the answer. Um, I know that we have to make uh, Elite Dangerous Odyssey work on um, Xbox One and PS4s um, because that's. I think I'm not sure if it's a legal requirement. I don't want to say it's a legal thing, but it's DLC for the game that's already on their system. Um, what, do I think it's going to look as good as it runs on a high-end PC? No, I don't. That's me being 100% honest because I just don't think the Xbox One or the PS4 has that tech. That's me being 100% honest, but I'm not a dev and I don't know what magic they're going to they're going to pull into it because we've got to reach that first milestone, which is why I wanted to push so hard um, for these monthly updates with dev on how development's going, not just on PC Odyssey, but also console. But I don't know. I, I don't. They, we certainly do not want to compromise. If we don't have to, they won't. Um, but I'm just being, uh, you know, I'm sure the same way I'm thinking. Everybody else is thinking that, you know, if they can make it work on the Xbox One, fantastic. That means great news for everybody. But I don't think they're going to want to compromise um, sort of the, the graphical fidelity, no. Okay. Um, Shan, quickly. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask, um, when, because one of the things that surprised me when I logged on to my one of my commanders, which is, 20-odd thousand light years from uh, Beagle Point, was I didn't actually have what we call the Dyson scanner with me. And so I was wondering, are there, uh, and what it entailed is I had to then make a significant detour to pick one up just so I could continue on. Is, <laughs> is, is there any idea, suggestion to, say, include that in the flight suit? So you, if you're out in the black, because there are explorers who haven't returned home for 18 months, two years or more, mm-hmm. And you're kind of making them turn back so they can continue on. So having something on their flight suit, I think, would enable them to carry on their exploration without the time consuming of coming back, finding a suit, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, look, it, it, we get asked this a lot by our explorers, and it's something we are looking at. Um, I don't – there's two things about Elite. One, you don't want to break the fourth wall and just start dishing out um, sort of um, explorer suits just willy-nilly, and everyone suddenly has got one. But there is something that needs to, to be answered. Um so we are looking at that at the moment, how we go about doing it. I don't know what the answer is yet, but it is something we want to address. Um, so please allow us the most, I don't know, uh, let's find the way to do it as delicately as possible so we can not force people that have been on, that are on exploration missions for, for years and years and years to go out there. Or if, if 
we can't, what we can do for them on their return. Yeah, precedent for that. When Horizons was launched, the uh, the uh, ship landing module suddenly appeared in people's ships. Without yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you, you're right. It, it was a precedent, but it's not. I want to say it's delicately, and I'll just say honestly, it's not as inherently as it was for. Um, it's this is directly linked to a gameplay loop in specifics of retaining data and bringing it back. But I get what you're saying. It's not. It's not that we can't do it. So we are looking at it. Is I guess is the answer. Uh, ben, do you want? To, oh no, uh, sorry, Psychit. Do you want to go first quickly? Yeah. Um. On the back of that. Um. A lot of those explorers who haven't been able to um, get get their scans out in the black um, have expressed um, interest in having a co- having a smaller concourse on a fleet carrier, like with all the DSSA fleet carriers. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that might be considered in the future? It is something that might be considered in the future. Yes. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> and I think I think Psychic's leading on almost exactly to where I was going to say with you know just as an idea what would seem an obvious idea would be with the DSSA how about we have things like Vista Genomics and mm-hmm. and, Ast- and Ad Astra yeah. on fleet carriers. Yep. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Um and it's something we're looking at. So I and I'm not and I'm, again in spirit of being honest. And again I don't want to here's here's the other this is me being, you know, open and closed doors right um sometimes you don't want to say anything because you don't want to give anything away right you don't want to say oh we're definitely going to do this thing and then people go oh they're going to do it they're going to do it and then we don't do it for whatever reason like we can't make it work for whatever reason um and then people are like oh you lied to us but i'm telling you now we're looking at it so i'm telling you now 100 we're looking at it right well um there there is one thing that uh that did happen with uh the uh the stream today with, with with your honesty uh when you confirmed that um uh that there were no current plans for uh <laughs> ship interiors mm-hmm. it's it's kind of caused a bit of a meltdown especially on reddit um i just wondered i mean is that is that definite none, none at all or is that in the far future so here here's the thing right i i can get i'll be hung either way here I can say, like, oh, we might look at this in the far future, and it just sounds like, oh, yeah, same old FDEV doing this, doing that. I will, I will be honest and tell you, at the moment, there are no plans for full ship interiors. That's that's a fact. And I, I think I expressed this on one of the streams before as to why they weren't going to be going in, and we did put it in a forum post. And it simply is, at the moment, it doesn't add enough value to the gameplay loops. That is that is what is the belief behind the development team, i.e. that, the complexity around add this in, and it's not just adding in a ship interior like are in other games. It's then when you go in and you add a ship interior and you have all the various modules laid out in different different locations and how it's going to look and then be able to walk around them. And then it's the, well, then I'm, I've landed at base, I'm under attack and I want to get away, but it's taking me 30 seconds to run to the top of my anaconda because this is now a one-to-one scale of my ship and I've got to go for every single door, et cetera, et cetera. And I've been blown up and this isn't fun anymore. Or... I'm now bored because I just want to get on my ship and I'm sick and tired because I went to land, get out. It's it's great to have, and I can see it from both sides. I love the immersion stuff. I'm all over it, um, and I think it's fantastic. But I also look at it from the other point of view. If this doesn't add anything, it's going to get boring very quickly for people after that first 10, 15 times. If you're in a big ship and it takes you 30, 40 seconds to get through your ship to get off a planet, and then to get off your planet to go into a station when you might drop something off, it will become tiresome because it's not even a, 
not a lift where you're just going in and you haven't got to do anything. You're actually going to have to run around and do stuff. I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. It's not necessarily FDAVs, but at the moment, it doesn't add any value. They can't see the value added into a gameplay loop. If that changes, perhaps they'll go back and relook at it. But at the moment, there are no more plans. That's me being honest. I said before on the stream, it may not be the answer people want to have, but I'm a big fan of, I'd rather give you the answer than say nothing. Yeah. Uh, ben? Probably two things. One, have you ever played Pulsar, uh, Pulsar Lost Colony? I have not. Right. That is a game where you are basically five people crewing a starship, and there's people of you. It's it's a... Um, and you're basically, you're running around fixing opponents, doing all that stuff, and it is probably one of the most hectic and immersive and brilliant games crewing i mean um we are all doing your own jobs a bit a bit like what we could have done with multi crew but didn't um and there's, there's just so much potential that that game can no, look, look, i'm not gonna, a devil give you a better answer to this than i will right and i'm not going to yeah. i don't want to sound like i'm i'm being confrontational because i see people in chat game no, you don't no, you're not no, listening no. and we all want ship interiors you just you just not listening to us um Let's, let's be frank about this. What you're asking for is a fundamental change to the game. Oh, gotcha. So you're asking for us to create um, these giant customizable units of space to be multi-crewed, then fly through in the speed of time that we're doing with Odyssey on a one-to-one scale of the galaxy. It's not a small task to take. Um, and when you have a look at all the other stuff we could have added in, I guess that's the decision they made at those early doors. So people just saying, oh, just do ship interiors. It's not, it's not a just do ship interiors, right? You don't just yeah. go around and go, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to model every type of ship interior to its scale. And these ships are huge in comparison to, I think players realized that when we started showing Odyssey off um, sort of in, in, in the Alpha and people stood next to Corvettes, et cetera, et cetera. You want to model that Corvette in a one-to-one scale, walk around it, um, and then you're going to ask for various functions to be taken place within that Corvette whilst you're flying, and it's all customizable to the modules you set in it. And then if, say, you have passenger cabins and you have your passengers in there, the next question is going to be, I want to see the passengers, and then I want to interact with my passengers, and then you're into a whole different game. And at what point do you stop? Because there's a point of where we're trying to get to, which is it's a sim, and we want it to be enjoyable. Now, again, I'm not. I'm, this is me speaking as me, as Arthur, not as, as FDev. It's my, it's my own rationale I've put behind this. Again, I would love to see ship interiors, but I do appreciate you're asking for a significant step change shift in what the game's actually doing. Um, and that's the question is, once you once you go down that road, at what point do you stop? Some games are down that road and they're not stopping. They haven't stopped. Yeah. So that's my that's my, my, my God honest answer to that one. Um, Shan, have you got uh, something similar to ask? Um, well, I was going to sort of ask the question and sort of poke a bit to uh, answer it if that's okay um one of the things you, you said after about ship interiors was people would get bored going up and down ladders and stuff like that well i i, I would su- i would suggest maybe some will but then people fly to her an orbital for an hour and a half looking at a screen and, and, and don't get bored and I, I, I that's think, a journey, right? That's a journey you're making to Hutton Orbital. You're not just dropping off some mats or you're not just going in and picking up a mission and going back again. What I was going to, to add was I completely get the gameplay loop rationale. And for me, that assumption that the gameplay loop rationale is all there is, isn't maybe all there is. One of, one of the um, analogies we use on the show is when you get a toy as a kid, you play with the toy, but the cardboard box is much more fun. The cardboard box is just a cardboard box, 
but for you, it's a spaceship, it's a fort, it's a whatever it is. And what I believe the added value of ship interiors would be is it gives players a cardboard box that then extends their time in the game. And there's also there's the financial aspect as well, as Ben pointed out the other week, of, you know, arcs for, I don't know, posters of things and all sorts of stuff around. You know you box. want your Ashling Duval bedsheet. But you know what? You can see what I mean. It is not just a gameplay loop. I, 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 I fully appreciate that. I'm, I'm not. I'm, as, I, as I said at the start, I'm just here giving you the answer that I have, and you can. And everyone will shout at me and tell me that I'm wrong. But I'm giving you the answer that you will ask for. You asked me to give you the honest answer where FDev is at the moment with shipping interiors, and they're not being looked at at the moment. That is that is the answer. And, I, and I'm, I'm like, I will take the feedback and I'll pass it on. Um, but there's very little I as a community manager can do to, to, to build a ship interior for people. I can try and relay the message as best I can. Um, I have done that, I think, as best I can do right now. But if everyone's saying they want ship interiors, they won't play Elite unless they're ship interiors, then I'll pass that message back. But there's, like, I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where Elite, I want to know where players will want this to... We want to push this forward as far as we can go, right? And if, if players are saying, like, Shipping tiers is an absolute must, or was, you know, it's going to break everything in the game. Then obviously we'll, we'll assess it, but at the moment it's a case of where do we put our resources at the moment, and it and at the moment it's not shipping tiers. Yeah, I mean, I think the without. Um, sorry, I just want to quickly jump in. But thanks for the answer, after the candid answer. I think that there is appreciated. I think my feedback going forward is there is more to the game than game mechanics. There's, the, there's that kind of softer role play, call it what you like aspect as well. But I think. Should maybe be considered. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> right. Um, on, a, on a lighter note, <laughs> one for the feedback loop, I suppose. Um, we've had from Stephen Usher that um, they'd like a feature request to be able to kick and pick things up so that they can have five-a-side football matches on moons. Uh, I'd love to see something like that. I saw the Guardian football stuff going on uh, with Relics, with SRVs and stuff. So, yeah, I'd be keen to see that. Yes, uh, of course, nothing to do with the Euros coming up at all, no. Uh, <laughs> and I do believe, apart from this one question, uh, well, we have one bonus question from our, our Alan Strader, old station commander. Um, he says, I'm a lapsed player who hasn't been in, in the game for some time. Now that there's new content released, what would you say are the things I can look forward to when I return to playing Elite this summer? Bearing in mind... This this is a guy who took three months to get his SRV out of a base. Out of a base? How come? Um, he, he just got stuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, um, had to, we had to basically prize him out. Uh, it was it was amusing. Okay. Um, I think I think there's there's plenty to, to to look forward to, not just with Odyssey. I think that you know, there's how long has he been away? Do we know? Is it just three months he's been away, or has he been away longer? It's, it's, I think. I suspect the last years. time he's played would probably be, yeah, probably LaveCon 2019. All <laughs> oh, right. Well, then there's there's plenty of stuff to go in there. I mean, obviously, I'll, I'll talk about the, the stuff that, that's for Odyssey. I mean, it does offer a raft of changes that, in my opinion, are, are fantastic for players. For new players or players that are struggling with some of the more complex mechanics, you can start on foot. It's a, it's a softer entry into Elite Dangerous, in, in my opinion, because you can just learn the mechanics from the ground up. Excuse the pun. Um, there's a change to exploration, which I'm actually really, I actually really enjoy in terms of the the detailed surface scanner and the jet sampling. Um, there's the on on, on foot combat, um, which I generally get a kick out of. Um, I will often play the game windowed whilst I'm 
sat doing some work and then I'll just take a, uh, a drop ship to a, a conflict zone, which for me are my highlights, or I'll do a, some of the espionage missions and stuff like that. And there's a lot to be had with uh, with Odyssey in terms of you're coming back and all the stuff you can do outside of the mission structure uh, when people just do their own things, which I, I do enjoy watching and seeing. Um, but yeah, there's, 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 there's a lot for me to say, but I will just sound like a, a company stooge just saying it, but I'm just going to say like, there's, there's tons here for you to come and have a look at. Excellent. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll see if if that entices him back because he, he keeps on saying he comes, but he'll come back one day. Um, now we've we've seen the post about uh, Frontier doing a better job in communication, and we've also seen the open letters on the forums and all all the stuff that goes with that. Um, I mean, you've, again, you touched on this on the uh, the stream earlier today, but for for our listeners. Um, I mean, uh, could you give an example of uh, how the communication is going to go, uh, is, is going to proceed going forward? Um, could, well, in fairness, I, I think yeah. if this interview is anything to go by, this is the, the what, what, you know, what I talk about honest communication. I will tell you how it is. It may not be the questions you were, uh, the answers you want for the questions, but I'll give them as, as I understand them. I'll try and give the answers as best I can, and I will feed back the communication from from community. I understand that the talk is cheap and that is one thing I've, I, you know, I'll take on all of my chins. Um, but on the flip side of that, I will say that we've set out like once a month, we'll have developers on, we'll talk about um, actual milestones of development of uh, both Odyssey on PC and the console release we brought up to it. And then we plan to intend to go on beyond the launch of uh, console as well and keep that momentum going and be like, right, here's what we want. Here's some direct feedback from players to actually talk to the devs. Um, and that's not just to say we'll just do that once a month. We'll probably have like special shows where we get guys to come and talk specifically about a certain thing. So I know the UI guys are keen to come on. I know that um, some of the people from Sound want to come on. Uh, I know there are people that want to come in and, and just discuss certain mechanics of players. Um, so all of that stuff is is what's going to be planned to go to go forward. And again, when we have answers, whether they're the ones you want to hear or you don't want to hear, I'll give them to you. Um, and I'll, be, I'll give you the answer as they stand on that day, date, and time. And if the answer is no, then the answer will be no, because I, don't, I, I think a lot of the problems comes with if we say not at this moment, I think, and, this, and I'm not shifting any way here, I think some of the, the previous history of, of FDEV has been not this time means, oh, it's going to definitely going to come tomorrow. Um, and if I can't see that on the roadmap, then I won't say it. Um, I'll just say no. And if it changes, fantastic. Um, to go back to the not prickly subject at all about ship interiors, at the moment in time, the answer is no. Um, because I can't see it anywhere on the roadmap. So if I can, then I might say somewhere down the line. But I think I, if I was a player, I'd much Stop rather that. Stop teasing us there, off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not teasing. I'm not teasing you. I'm not teasing you. Listen, look, I, it's been brought up time and time again. I bring it up all the time. Uh, trust me, I, it gets mentioned to me on, a, on an hourly basis. So it's not like I'm not. I don't, I don't talk about it. If I saw something, I would tell you. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a developer myself, I'm, I, I look at the amount of work that would be needed to put those interiors in, and I'm, I'm trying to. I, on the forums, you're ripping your hair out, going saying, "Look, it's going to be a, a an update which would probably be the same size as Odyssey when you take all that stuff into account." But it doesn't. It would, it would be. It would be massive, and that's not me. That's not a, uh, and that's probably why it's not like Odyssey. Odyssey in itself is huge. I think it's the biggest project they've done outside of Elite. Um, and I don't, I know, I'll have to fact check myself on that one, but I'm fairly certain it's very close to it. Um, so then to add in that as well is another huge update. And I guess like some things, and, you, and again, you can't just do 
do it half-assed, right? So you want to you try and get it right. Um, and I know there's some talk about just doing um, the cockpit area, which I'm actually a fan of. I think that's a great idea. Um, but again, it's not so, I'm not the dev that's got to go and do it and make that all work. Um, so it's all ideas that get floated. It's not being ignored, but it's just a case of what is practical, what's doable, and what's actually going to benefit the game the most is the conversation that I had at a level above me. Right. Um, Psychic, I do believe you've got the the final question of the night. Hi, Arf. Or should I say salvation, as he's quite clearly a self-insertion into the game. Um, <laughs> are, are, we, are we likely to see salvation anytime soon? Do you really want me to spoil that for you? Yes, and also no. <laughs> but I mean, also, I is he already... a self-insertion? Is it a self-insertion? Does it uh, feel no, like a self-insertion it, it, well, to actually, you? Actually, the character here their self yeah <laughs> was created by the team and i okay. so there's a little bit of all of us in this character um but we wanted this character to be specific in the in the way that they are why why are they so much of an arsehole then i really don't like are they? Yeah. Are they why are they why are they an arsehole tell me why they're they, an arsehole because they are they're sanctimonious and i i just don't like them they get right on my wick so can well, you yeah. can you fix them, please? I mean, I think they maybe they've just got an axe to grind. Maybe they've just seen a little bit too much of the galaxy. Maybe they're just trying to do it their way. Maybe they think that He's enough's enough. That this, uh, is this person actually the elite dangerous community? <laughs> I I'm, I'm I'm saying this person is a character we have created, and I think that they will offer you choices, and you get to make them. <laughs> Forward to seeing them on Thursday. Then, thanks, our fight. <laughs> and and there is the the subtle probing that Psychic has for you. Um, it's about as as a brick. <laughs> yeah, wrapped, wrapped through a window, a framing <laughs> brick through a window, or a piece of lemon wrapped around a large gold brick, more like. Um, right. Uh, well, we're out of questions, off. So. Um, I'd just like to say thanks for joining us. Uh, this has been very, very uh, illuminating, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Shan's typing. I'm a bit, I'm a bit scared. Um, <laughs> so I think, or unless Shan has got one more question, which is always no, 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 no. Well, when you said right, right, questions, I could, I could, in, I could uh, talk and ask. I mean, interrogate half all night with the questions, but we have to let them go to bed. No, no, look, it's one of these things where I understand that people want to just throw questions at me and I, I'll give the answers as and when I can. But what I don't want to do is, is, is like just keep saying I don't know the answer to that question because that will just infuriate people even more. So if I can answer a question, I'll answer it. And I get people frustrated. I sit on the stream. I get people are angry. Um, what, all, all I'll say is whenever people give the feedback in the comments, and, I, and trust me, I see them all, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, wherever I see comments that just are you know, spiteful, I will just ignore them. Regardless of how good their point might be, I will just ignore it because at the end of the day, um, I look at everything from an adult's perspective and I get people can, can disagree, right? And that's the, the beauty of being an adult and I can sit there and, and we can all agree to disagree and we'll come to an, like a, an understanding in the end. But when people can't be adult about it, I just ignore it. And I don't care. And I'll be honest, this is said a certain string. If you're being rude, uh, spiteful, snide, I just will ignore you. And it's as simple as that. If you want to be heard, let's have a proper discourse. That's what I'm here for. That's my job is to listen and pass it on. I'm certainly not going to pass on anything that isn't anything other than um, mature. It doesn't even have to be friendly. You can just as long as it's just mature. 
And I mean mature in the adult way, not no, that's even worse. I mean mature is in like sensible. Oh my god, I made it worse. Yeah, you said ten off now. Welcome to the uh, radio innuendo, innuendo rules. So it's yeah. <laughs> um, right. I I guess um, I guess we can let you go if you need to run away. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have uh, a cup of tea and some biscuits actually, and I'm going to try and get uh, a what, relatively. What kind of biscuits? These are the important questions. Oh, actually, uh, my other half, Jen, is, was baking some biscuits because her, our friend Camilla oh. had sent a picture of her making some biscuits, which caused Jen to make some biscuits, <laughs> which means I win in this scenario. Um, so this I'm just going to get different people to, scenario, yeah. to send images of baked goods to Jen, and then every night I'll dine out on biscuits and cake. You know the I secret. Like you know the secret to dealing with other halves made biscuits. Then you you, uh, you you have a bite of one and you go, oh, that's really nice. I go, oh, I want to eat it all at once, and I'll kind of save it for later. And then you stay up later than she's gone to bed, and then you can just empty the pot in the bin. And then, oh, I I want to have one. I just couldn't stop. So wonderful. <laughs> In fact, I'm very blessed. Actually, I've got a feeling I can smell them. Actually, they smell delicious. Um, so I'm, you know. I'm. I'm. I think I'm going to do all right tonight. So I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to go get some biscuits. I'm going to go and have a a, a cup of tea. I'm going to put my feet up, uh, and I maybe watch a Sopranos episode because that's what I'm doing in the evenings now. What a nice bit of mob violence just to wind down. <laughs> you could. No, I mean, I just. I'm, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit more chill. <laughs> I, I hope the Sopranos isn't the way you run the CN team. Oh, it's hundred percent how I run Bruce. The rest of the team's fine, <laughs> but Bruce specifically, he gets the Tony Soprano treatment. It was actually it was speaking about the rest of the team. It was delightful to get Sally back. Yes. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's it's so wonderful to have Sally back. Um, uh, she's she's just a bundle of positivity that you yeah. you know just doesn't diminish. So she's fantastic to have, and she's so well organized. And she's just I I I've said this before, I've said behind closed doors. I am very blessed to have the team that I have um, to do the job that, that that needs to get done. So I, I think you know someone else put in there like if you're going to write the che- if you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk or write the, you got to cash the checks. Hundred percent, get it, fully understand that, and um, we intend to. So that's cool. I could ask for a better team to do it. Yeah, and Zach's a bit of a dark horse. I was watching him on the stream the other day, and yeah, he was doing some damn good uh, keyboard and mouse flying, which in the oh, the old, yeah, the old young blood, yeah, he's he's a silent yeah. assassin. He um, you watch him do his um, the FPS stuff as well. He's all over the show. He's he's jumping, spinning, shooting. I'm like, okay, um, but he's 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 a bit tasty, Zach, and he he does like he's got that um, I don't know what's the, what's the word that yes. That, yeah, it's really irritating. He's got youth in his eye. So whenever you say it can't be done, he's like, oh, I'll prove you. I'll, I'll show you it can be done. He, yeah, <laughs> so he does that all the time. So I, I, I tuned into one of his streams the other day when he was streaming on the weekend, and he was he was practicing the mail slot challenge. And I was just like, you have got that competitive streak, boy. And I was like, okay. So whenever we do team games, I think I'm going to pick Zach on my team, so I think he'll be a dark horse. Yeah, because at least then you know that you're not going to get a missile <laughs> up the tailpipe. Oh, yeah, or an accident, accidentally run over by Bruce. Yes. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> oh, right then, Arth. Um, again, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and please enjoy your Sopranos biscuit and a cup of tea. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me as well. It's a pr- always a pleasure to come on. It was awesome, ha- awesome having you. Thank you very much. I, I don't know what happens now.
while Arthur runs away, we will be playing some adverts and we will come back with other stuff. We buy any ship, bar none. We buy any ship, bar none. Any model, any colour, any shape, any size. We buy any ship, bar none. We here at We Buy Any Ship, bar none, are ready to take your excess space travel vehicles off your hands. No more negotiating with dodgy space station vendors. We'll simply give you an estimated quote online. Then, when you get here, we'll point out all the little dints and scratches that make the price get smaller and smaller before we actually give you any money. And the beauty is, we take any ship. We buy any ship. Bar none. Terms and conditions apply. We buy any ship excludes trading in any of the following vehicles. Adder, Anaconda, Asp, Bauer, Cobra, Constrictor, Cruisers, Eagle, Falcon, Gecko, Griffin, Gear, Harris, Harrier, Hawk, Kestrel, Crate, Lanners, Lifters, Lions, Mantis, Merlin, Moray, Osprey, Panther, Puma, Python, Saker, Sidewinder, Skeet, Spar, Stowmaster, Tearsall, Tiger, Transporter, Turner, Viper, Wyvern, or any Imperial or Thargoid vessels. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Are you struggling with paying fines? Do you lose sleep in hyperspace worrying about docking at the next space station? If the answer is yes, then you need to call Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services. I got scanned while in Federation space and was caught carrying slaves. It was an unexpected expense that I couldn't afford on top of my fines for damage caused whilst docking. We can help you consolidate all your existing fines into a single large fine, payable in regular instalments at what is almost a competitive interest rate. I called Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services and they helped me pay my existing fines before I got a bounty on my head. They really saved my life. At Cowell and McGrath, we've helped thousands of pilots whose fines had spiralled out of control. I dared not go near a police star system. I got so desperate that I'd almost resigned myself to a life of piracy. Luckily, I found Cowell and McGrath's services before I actually murdered anyone in cold blood. No fines too big, no criminal record too damning. We're here to help you, no questions asked. Find us in the Lave Business Directory. I'd got into debt as a result of a massive counter-lawsuit by Watt and Pritney. It happened because I'd taken advice on Python protection insurance from... Wait a minute! It was you! Carolyn McGrath. Minimum liability, zero accountability. And welcome back. And one thing that we, we really need to uh, uh, acknowledge is we have to thank Malik VR for um, raiding the channel. This is now the the highest number of people that we've had. Although as soon as I say that, I've noticed the numbers have just plummeted. <laughs> but um, thanks. Hello, all you Malik VR people. 
<laughs> right. Um, well, let's go through the in-game events which have happened this week. Uh, let's see. The 3rd of July, we had the Tritium Mining Campaign, which has boosted the Alliance expansion. So that was a very close thing. I think it just scraped originally the the uh, first tier uh, for the community goal. And um, yes, it's. It, I thought for a moment that was going to be the first community goal that I, I saw in quite a while, which failed. I mean, I take it no one else was running it. Quite possibly, literally. <laughs> I mean, they, no, they, I have they, not, I've not been running it because I've been, I've basically been having fun running around on planets and doing a bazillion and one other things. Yeah. Um, on the 3rd of June, also the Core Dynamics uh, engages the Jupiter Division in battle. Um, now, this is quite interesting because the, the Jupiter Division, which was the uh, Jupiter Rochester's personal fiefdom, um, they seem to have, have had a resurgence lately. And uh, yes, there's a big fight going on for the soul of the Federation. Well, if, if the Federation had the a The Federation soul. doesn't have a soul. Yes, well, um, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, uh, apparently, the... Admir was running the CM, but the community goal. Right. Okay, then. Um, we actually have some good news on the 4th of June. Operation Ida is back in business. Um, there was a fix on the 4th of June, and cargo seems to be counted again uh, for the repairs of stations. So uh, work has started on the Betnacourt base in Muscadark region PJ-PB6-1. So, um, oh my goodness, that, that, that kind of triggers that pattern thing that I phobia I've got. I'm just looking at Ben doing his Dyson scanning, and and I must admit some of the some of the plants trigger the trigger this weird phobia I've got, and that's one of them. I can't look. Um, it is it. Oh, I can't pronounce it because it's a, the lotus flower one. Is that the one? The many little dots in different places. Yeah, things like that. That it, it, it's not that. It's, it, this looks like it should be underwater. This thing. A sea enemy. Sort of. Yeah. Hmm. Hypophobia, I think it's called. That's that would be the one. Um, one thing that I have been enjoying actually is is my alt that's doing exploring. I haven't come across a duplicate plant yet, and I've, I've stopped off at about fifty planets so far. So I must be doing very well. I don't know whether or not the the um, the chat channel has, has can say that they've come across duplicate plants yet, but um, I, I mean, I've come across things that look the same. But maybe have a different name. Um, yeah. So, for example, I'm just driving over some some grass-like stuff here, and I've seen this on another planet. Yeah. So how or how many things like it anyway? Yeah, Ben. So, how many variations of um fungus have you come across? I have absolutely no idea. I mean, it's one of these things I don't really care about, to be honest. I I it's think just, they I'm... only put that one in for the alpha. <laughs> I want why. I hope. I really hope not. Actually. So you I want really many varieties of bum fungus. So there we yeah. are. Uh, we, we chat room. We want you to help Ben find as much bum fungus as possible. Oh, um, as crispy notes, Banacourt has started and finished. They are now onto a cool sack sector VU dash O B six dash six coal point. 
Um, thanks, Grimskull44, for that. Um, in other news, also on the 4th of June, the Aegis megaship vanishes into hyperspace. I'm sorry, who, who did see that see coming? coming? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they didn't. So, yes, does this mean the Thargoids have taken taken off a, uh, taken a whole load of um guardian um artifacts out of the out of the uh out of the game so to speak um according to the AXI as of the 7th of June um all systems which were under thargoid attack have now been pacified so we'd just like to congratulate all bug smashing commanders who have saved humanity once again as opposed to all the efforts from Aegis <clears throat> and finally, on the 7th, um, a neo-moralist political party has now emerged. Um, there does seem to be an issue with the um, so-called neo-moralists because um, they're, they're losing a lot of uh, political power. They're all their, um, uh, their, uh, their small factions seem to be getting pushed out of the moralist systems. Um, yes, so they're, they're going to try and... Uh, <clears throat> do some uh, work on that. Now, I think it's time this week, uh, later than normal, as, as usual, but I think it's time for a store alert. Store alert! In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. In the bi-weekly Welcome back, and this week's store alert is the Eagle Acceleration paint job. Yes, if your eagle wanted to look like something out of Evil Knievel, this is <laughs> this is the paint job for you, um, guys. Does does this appeal to you? If I were using it for some kind of racing, maybe. I really yeah, like if I it. I wanted to be flashy and stuff like that. Yeah. Is it the normal eagle? Was it including pure eagle as well? No, no, I think it's just a normal, normal. eagle. Do you, really can like you imagine? It. Can you imagine an imperial saying, oh, "I say, look at what I've done to my imperial eagle," and that turns up? <laughs> That's the equivalent of turning up at uh, Buckingham Palace in a NASCAR. What's wrong with that? <laughs> so, what about its aesthetics? Do you like Psycho? I, I really like stars. I'm so, I'm so superficial. <laughs> I really like stars. It's lovely. I really like it. Um, my, my eagle currently, the one eagle that I have, it currently has flames on it, and that's really cool as well. It's a, it's an old school one, but um, I, I really like anything with stars on, and I'm sold already. The actual shape of the star is nearly identical to that on Soviet and Russian aircraft. I know it's in blue, but uh, see. It's the eagle ski. <laughs> yeah. And um, so far, Mindwiper suggested he can see Captain America flying that. <laughs> yeah. People have wanted an Imperial Knievel now. That's the new for the name. The name for the new uh, paint job when the Imperial Eagle gets one. <laughs> That'll be good. Um, yeah. So, right. 
Um, I think we'll move on to Community Corner because um, normally our main discussion this uh, this week has definitely been our, our discussion with Arf. Um, so, Ben, you have something to tell us about the competition for the HCS voice packs. So, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Commander Vanteon joined us with the... Joined us talking about HCS voice packs and various other bits and bats. Um, but we did solicit a number of responses from various commanders. And the prize was... Let me just bring this up. Actually, I should have done this in advance. It was the... It was def- it was the new pack basically for Odyssey, and I believe it was Brian Blessed shouting in your ear. Vasco, that's the one, isn't it? Yes, Vasco, definitely. It's Vasco. Yeah. So we asked a bunch of folks for to give us some comments and things like that, and I'll I'll start with the notable notable mentions. I think actually. So mm-hmm. we were asking what their first the first thing they would do when they got into Odyssey. And under Christian Baloch, I think, or Baloch, he's going to say he's set up his key bindings mm-hmm. and then he's going to go looking for the Xenobunnies. <sighs> really? Really. <sighs> and, right. and he gave a lovely little alien and bunny emote in, in that as well. I'm, I'm sure one of these days that bunny will have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> No, that would involve him removing his teeth from someone's throat. So, Commander Mark Jones on Twitter is saying he's he was parked next to a burning station uh, fire. I'm going to disembark, and that's not English. Fire. I'm going to disembark and look inside the burning burning evacuation ass area as it asks you to when rescuing people. I think he means meant first. Oh right, so that he means he's going to get out of his ship. While he wants to get out of his ship. Fire. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, I don't think that was allowed. That would mean I'd have loved that if we could have. You know, this. Okay, Arf, if you're still listening, I sort of apologise for what I'm about to say. Yeah, you know, when people say they can't think of things to do in gameplay, running around things, can you imagine how awesome we would be running around a concourse and picking up commanders to rescue? Some gameplay for you right there. I'd rescue them. Yeah, we know what you do with them though as well. <laughs> um, yeah, there, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, moving on. Yes. Um, Roger Rabbit in... Excuse me? Roger That's Rabbit Roger being Rabbit. a little bit... Rabid? Yes, Roger Rabbit. Okay. A little bit of a cheeky answer. He's going to download it. It's a start. It is. It's a very good start. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a nice, sensible... Answer from Thaddeus Vogue again on Twitter. It's a tough one, but he thinks the first thing that he wanted to do when getting into Odyssey was visit Commander Jameson's crash site, and then he wants to pay his respects there before he sets off into the black. Oh. However, I, our winner is... Commander Grey Area again on Twitter here, and he's saying, the first thing I'll be doing is spend a couple of frustrating hours setting up the key bindings for all the new bits as I'm using a, ma- a mix of input devices, a hot ass, an iPad, and an Xbox 360 controller. And they won't be auto-populated. Yeah. So, congratulations, Grey Area UK. I'll find you and send you a tweet and send you a message somehow 
telling you how to get your prize, which I need to get the code from Dave from. Oh, that's excellent news. Um, thank you, thank you. Right, so that I'm afraid that's that's all we've really got for the community corner this week. So uh, I was just going to ask for uh, some any other business. Now, is it is there something that um, Shan you'd like to get off your uh, off off your chest after all that? Have you got response? I mean, do you feel better about the way things are after the discussion with Arf? I think Arf said the key thing is that the proof of the pudding is in the eating, and it is, it's been, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's been gratifying to hear you know s- s- seemingly straight answers to questions, uh, and it's not that we don't trust Frontier; it's just that they have a, I believe, a large mountain to climb to get back. So we just need to wait and see what happens. I think. Um, ben, how, how do you feel about things after after the discussion with Arthur? Largely what Shan said. I mean, yeah, the, it's it's true. We'll, we'll see how everything pans out. It was lovely speaking to Arf. I think if he's going to say, to be honest, or I'll be honest one more time, I'm going to want to wind up buying a car off him. I want a quid for every time he says that. <laughs> But you want um, to quit just being honest. That is that the new drinking game for uh, when Arthur's here? Well, I think it's a new drinking game on, well, stre- on, on stream. Yeah, when he's on stream, yeah. Okay. Uh, sort of expecting to appear in like a donkey jacket, sort of Arthur Daly kind of approach. <laughs> and, and, and then when he's asked a question, he has to go and talk to the manager in, in an office somewhere to make sure he can uh, give you the bargain. <laughs> You've been dealing with far too many... Um, <laughs> for too many uh, patio salesmen, haven't you? Um, Psychic, I mean, how are you feeling after the... I mean, I know that you had Arth on um, uh, on Flight Assist yeah. um, this week. I mean, do you, are you feeling more confident about what's happening with Odyssey now? I, um, I've got two sort of, like, takeaways from it. I, the, the to be honest or the I'm being honest thing... Um, I don't think, in my opinion, I honestly don't feel like there's ever been a time when Arth has been lying to us in any way. I think he um, has given us the information that he can when he can. And the fact that he feels like he has to constantly um, quantify everything that he's saying is, is, to be honest, is because there were so many people who just accused him of lying all the time. And that, in my opinion, is something that has to stop. Secondly, well, people need to stop accusing, accusing him of lying, him of lying or... all the time. I, I'm accusing him of lying all the time. A hundred percent. I think he is. Um, I think he has been such a refreshing addition to um, the Elite Dangerous CMs. And no, I'm not just. Um, I'm saying this to, uh, because I want to. This isn't. This isn't lip service or anything along those lines. I honestly feel. Again. I'm saying it. <laughs> I, this is how I feel. This is the, the way that I feel and that it's not going to change that. I think he has been as honest as he has had the uh, availa- um, availability to be. And he is an absolute diamond. Um, the other thing that I'm starting to get really pissed off at is the use of people saying, um, um, we want, we, uh, we want this. We referencing, uh, I and the whole Elite Dangerous community want this. Um, 
yes, you may have spoke you may have spoken to umpteen people in your echo chamber. That doesn't necessarily mean that you are speaking on behalf of the whole elite community. We've established that a lot of people play in solo. So that kind of thing. Just say I want this or I'm not happy. You're allowed to have owner ownership on this. The we part of it is really starting to starting to get on my nerves and that sort of personal preference. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think any of us can say what did what did I say? There were seven what seventy thousand people who were playing this game. None of us can say that we can we speak for those seventy thousand people. That was actually a surprise. That was the first time we've heard any kind of player numbers. Yeah, that surprised yeah. me as well. Actually, I don't know whether or not he was supposed to say that. I might have slipped <laughs> out. Where <laughs> is that? I beg your pardon, Sean. I was just asking, is that 70,000 on the consecutive, you know, 70,000 at once, or is that 70,000 in a prior period? That would, be my, I, that would be my kind of take. Yeah. But hey, I wasn't going yeah. to draw him on it. No, because uh, we don't know whether or not we got him into trouble on that. Um, yes, so, um, Shan, just quickly. Yeah, I just want to make a, a comment about the honest bit, and it's a bit of a bit of a down or sad thought, really, but I think it's a shame it's got to the point where the community manager has to emphasize he's being honest to the rest of the community. It's kind of it's kind of a sad it's got to that point, really. Well, it's also the fact that um for most of the problems that we've had with being kept in the dark and in, in previously, Arthur's not been there. And I mm-hmm. must admit, since Arthur has come on board, things have seem to improve as far as communication has concerned is concerned it's just that obviously with what's happened with odyssey yeah, it's once bitten twice shy though isn't it it is yes and and um, it's, it uh, is, by the way people are saying they think it's um orange sidewinder and jonathan tea time are both thinking it's 70k per day mm-hmm. um not, not i don't know if we know that one with i don't know if we know that one with the other but yeah yeah, but that is actually still uh, good numbers. I I would say, yeah. Um, just to I just like to put in a quick correction here. Um, Psychivs informed me that Commander Siraf has uh, just been in contact with uh, who is an AXI mentor. He has told me that there are still four systems under incursion. So I may have been a bit or um, enthusiastic about praising the AXI as as I thought. <laughs> Yeah, get, get killing work. those bugs, guys. <laughs> yes. Um, right. Well, I think I, th- I think that's about it for this episode, unless um, somebody has got any final things to say. I would like to bring up that thing that I hinted at from Commander Temelane, if that's okay, Colin? Certainly. So, right. This, this is a nice, warm, fuzzy thing almost to... To finish up on news, so Commander Temelane gave some feedback to us on his take on Odyssey and its top, uh, sort of topography. Right, for me, the topography in Odyssey is overall better compared to that in Horizons. If we disregard the obvious bugs in some of the planet generation tech, for example, the LODs, um, I think that most of the issues that I see in videos and posts talking about the new planet tech being pure downgrade revolve around the LODs. Um, as for the topography, whilst we might not see so many extremes, for example, 
10 kilometer plus deep cut canyons and 15 kilometer tall mountains anymore. Uh, I want. To, I think that was probably a bit out of proportion in Horizons, since there wasn't nearly enough level of detail in Horizons as we have in Odyssey. So we don't really need those extremes of less plausible for, uh, formations. All of this, if we consider Ultra for Capture setting the golden standard in Odyssey, and I, I can't run in, in Ultra, unfortunately, but hopefully when we get things resolved, I can. Um, in Odyssey, some of the mountains look like those scre- in the screenshots that he shared earlier are over seven kilometers tall. Uh, so I don't think that everything is just as flat as some of the streamers mentioned. Plus, there's a whole other level of detail when it comes down to the terrain and themselves, as well as the surface materials. There are lots of known variable formations due to height maps and blending. Um, the hills, mountain ranges, and canyons get far more complex than they used to with the old, pla- the old Horizons planets, and planets can look quite unique given the circumstances. So yeah, for me, the overall improvement has great potential. Uh, if Frontier figures out the bugs in the generation so that people using regular Ultra or lower settings won't see those ugly leopard patches or disappearing hills as they approach the surface. The new tech has actually made me go out and explore for the view, something that I never had a reason to before. And he's provided a bunch of absolutely glorious photos, which I'm going to rip off and use as desktop backgrounds. Yeah. They're they're lovely. Well, I have to agree with him uh, for the most part. Um, uh, My exploration commander, who is still heading out, she's still heading out to Colonia and stopping off to scan every biological she can find. Um, I must admit, I have not come across a bad planet yet. I think every single... I mean, I know they're out there, and I know that um, some people have complained about them. But um, I'm two thousand. Let's see, uh, two thousand light years out. A jump every twenty. I must have at least visited uh, between fifty to a hundred atmospheric planets so far, and they've all been gorgeous. And they've all had different atmospheres. It's not just been the blue skies. I've had some gorgeous greens, some horrible wee yellow ones <laughs> you know what i mean uh and uh, yeah i I, ju- I just wish that some people would would could discover what i have seen so far because it, it has looked beautiful i but... packed ships on fire off the shoulder of orion <laughs> yes <laughs> or, or is that really going to be uh attack alpacas being on fire off the shoulder of orion attack alpacas well that's really encouraged people not to go <laughs> See them now. Your little five-year-old kids will have like nightmares of these alpacas with fangs getting at them. Yeah, don't go to that. Ah, dear. Right. Um, I think I'll give out the shout-outs then. Um, so first of all, a uh, shout out to our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday from eight thirty. You can tune in at twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug. Com. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash EliteDangerousCQC. We're also giving shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts which have appeared in the last year or so. So hello to Loose Screws and welcome back to Ty. Um, hello to Elite Week. Um, Psykit, um, I do believe this was the last 
Blight Assist of Season 2. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I'm on a break. Yay. <laughs> You're on a break. Um, you had quite a lot of people there for you for, for yeah. the last one. Yeah, we had, it's the Burr Pit, Crispy Tater Tot, um, Commander Exegius, and Arthur Tommy. Excellent. So find that in your podcaster and stick it in your podcaster and smoke it. Um, right. For Spanish speakers, we have the Elite Cast. There's also the Canon Podcast, the Fatherhood Podcast, Squeaking Fuel, System Chat, uh, the Guard Frequency, who do other space sims as well, and Allograb AM, uh, an Elite Dangerous Podcast. Uh, continuing the uh, podcast theme, for those of you who want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy, please subscribe to the Data Slate podcast as created by Station Commander Alan Stroud. Now, following this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. And we'd just like to thank all those that have chipped in on the Twitch chat uh, and the in-game commanders. Um, have you had any in-game commanders, Ben? No, but then again, I've not really been... I've been busy out exploring wherever the heck I am at the moment. Uh, looking... I mean, I've actually... I think I've found some pretty... Is just flying around here today. Um, although I did... I've just tried upping myself to Ultra, and even though it says I'm getting 40 FPS, mm-hmm. it does not feel like 40 FPS. I don't know what the heck it's doing. Yeah. Um, I must have... It's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, it's it has been it's it started to behave weirdly for me. I mean, for most of the busy systems for lately, I've been running sixty in space and forty around the planets, and then for some reason in this one particular system, I'm getting fifteen when I'm going around the planets, which is it's just bizarre. Um, we'd also like to say send special thanks to Commander Tokuso who has created the music for the introduction of the show. Um, So that is it for this episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. And you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat. Uh, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Word of warning, we do share it with the smelly truckers, but uh, uh, yes. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 uh, British Summertime and streamed out live at laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to Shan. Uh, thanks to Ben. Thanks to Psychit. And uh, special thanks, of course, go to our tech monkey, the Chris Mark IV. And of course, special thanks goes to Arth for um, uh, for being honest. <laughs> um, until we next time. Be equally honest in our appreciation of him. I'm assuming. <laughs> yes. Um, right. Until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can do that, fly dangerous.
going to see the galaxy. Galnet News Digest, 8th of June 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Apex transforms the galaxy. Down the back of the sofa. Less terrible than Jupiter. Galnet Audio enters Trappist era. Social scientists have noticed a strange new behaviour exhibited by commanders who own the Odyssey walking about permits. On Thursdays in particular, but sometimes on other days too, commanders can be seen flying to out-of-the-way outposts, disembarking, going to pioneer supplies, making a disappointed sound and then returning to their ship. They do this over and over again apparently in the hope that one day they'll stumble across the Grade 3 Dominator suit with the perfect set of engineered modifications for their needs. Thousands of commanders are exhibiting this strange behaviour. Interestingly, many of them are using Apex Interstellar taxis to do the travelling, which certainly takes the strain out of flying to Hutton Orbital and other similar out-of-the-way locations. Apex Interstellar is muscling into ship transfer too. Galactic Logistics has lost the Odyssey contract to Apex Interstellar, as you can see when you transfer one of your ships. And it all works towards an integrated business model, whereby commanders can fly in a taxi ahead of their ships and then get another Apex employee to bring their ship along after. Just think how painless a trade community goal can be, the Apex way. Fill your cutter or Type 9 with whatever goods it is they want, take a taxi to the CG station, transfer your laden ship, supervise the unloading, and then fly back for another load. If it worked reliably, it would be an entirely transformative service. But sometimes, your ship arrives and you find it's been space-pirated, and the hold is completely empty. Further work is needed before Apex can become the one-stop shop for all your travel and trading needs. Operation Ida and the other station repair crews are back in business following the mix-up with repair supplies on the 27th of May. All the supplies at all the starports damaged by Thargoids went missing, all at the same time, and there were concerns that they had been lost or stolen, and that the station repair effort had been completely in vain. It turns out that the supplies were there all the time, safe and sound but they'd been entrusted to the staff at 
Pioneer Supplies to look after. Pioneer have a huge supply of Grade 3 Maverick, Artemis and Dominator suits, all fully engineered. But the staff are so used to pretending they're completely out of stock whenever you drop by, they instinctively did the same thing when Operation Ida asked about the station repair supplies. Now that the management of the starport repair supplies has been taken away from Pioneer Supplies, we can see that Artemis Lodge has all the supplies it needs to become fully operational on Thursday, with a good possibility that Betancourt Base may also complete its repairs on the same day. Donars Oak, Arks Faith and Corrigan Terminal are beginning to make progress towards repair. There's a long way to go, but with the accounting systems fully operational once more, it's only a matter of time and effort. With no stations left burning, and no more than a marginal Thargoid presence in the last four systems, things are looking good for the puny meatbags. Tharg the Mighty and his eight-legged army have properly been sent packing. The second core dynamics war to rid the galaxy of the Jupiter division isn't going well. But it doesn't need to go well. It just needs to go better than the Jupiter division side of the war. And in terms of setting low bars, the Jupiter division takes some beating. Galactic support for the corporist takeover of the Federation, the ousting of President Hudson and the release from the darkest dungeon of ex-core dynamics CEO Jupiter Rochester, is at best meagre with fewer than a thousand commanders fighting on behalf of the breakaway division. By comparison, the 3,500 commanders fighting for core dynamics in the Federation seems quite respectable. The Federal establishment seems likely to reach the minimum level of attainment, which should be just enough to ensure that the Jupiter division is wiped off the face of the galaxy once and for all. The outcome should be known on Thursday. Pilots Federation has unilaterally and without notice stopped issuing spoken versions of its Galnet News articles. Known as Galnet Audio, the normal written Galnet articles are read out by celebrity AI newsreader Amy. Or at any rate they were, up until the bulletin on Monday the 17th of May, which reported on the campaign trail clashes between the candidates in the Alliance Prime Ministerial election when the next bulletin came out on Thursday the 20th, proclaiming the community drives that would determine Alliance policies for the next six years, it did so in complete silence. Galnet newsreader Amy admitted that the decision was because of stiff competition in the spoken news category. It's such a crowded market with the Burr Pit, Obsidian Ant, Galactic Public Radio and Creek Re all reporting the news. What need is there for the Pilots Federation's own spoken news bulletins? And of course Galnet News Digest is just so good. They seem to publish almost before the press releases have been issued. And with the Pilots Federation having to translate the articles into Samoan, Ancient Greek and Aztec before they can publish, it's just not a level playing field. If anyone wants me, I'll be in the bar at Jameson Memorial. And with that, she flounced off. And understandably so. After all, who could possibly sound better reading the Galnet News than me? (sighs) Oh dear. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news. 
so you don't have to. 